on a message I have titled Spirit Within, Spirit Upon. Spirit Within, Spirit Upon. In other words, the work of the Holy Spirit within the believer and the work of the Holy Spirit upon the believer, the dual working of the Holy Spirit, the dual operating system of the Holy Spirit. I, I have a number of gadgets here. I have an iPad. I have a, I have a I, an iPhone. We're using, um, yeah, I have a Mac and a number of other things, Apple products. They usually use what they call iOS. They call them uh, the, uh, the operating system, internal operating system. We need to understand the operating system of the Holy Spirit. We need to understand how he operates, how he functions, so that we can maximize the advantage we have over those who are not saved. We have an advantage over the unbeliever. You, if you are born, if you are not born again, if you are an unbeliever, please give your life to Christ. It's very simple. Just put your hand on your chest and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I give my life to you right now. Come in and make me your child. In Jesus' name, amen. That's how to become a child of God. You sorrow and you mean business with it, with that kind of prayer. Listen, those of us who are believers, potentially we are at an advantage already. And that advantage is the person of the Holy Spirit. When you live your life, the days that you live, not thinking so much about the Holy Spirit, not, not factoring the fact that I have, an, I have an asset, I have an advantage, those are days in which you will not really see and, and enjoy the power of God in manifestation. Let's go back to a few scriptures we've looked at before. Um, the dual operating system of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 4 and John chapter 7. John chapter 4 and John chapter 7. The Bible says in John chapter 4, Jesus is speaking in John chapter 4, verse 13. Jesus answered the woman by the well of Samaria and said unto her, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So Jesus is speaking here about the Holy Spirit. Water is one of the types the symbols, the, the shadows in the Bible concerning the person of the Holy Spirit, the illustration of who the Holy Spirit is. And he calls him a well here. Notice that word, well, W-E-L-L. I'll come back and talk to you about that in a minute. John chapter 7, verse 37. Spirit within, spirit upon. Every believer must understand this kind of message and let it be a lifestyle. For you, you have the Holy Spirit within, we have the working of the Holy Spirit within us, and we have the working of the Holy Spirit upon us. What is the working within? What is the working upon? Verse 37, John chapter 7, verse 37. In the last day, the, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Remember, he was talking about at the well, talking about the well, and talking about drinking, talking about water in John chapter 4. Here again, he said it again, and he said, in verse 38, he that believeth believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Instead of calling it well here, he uses the word rivers of living water. But this is speak of, of the spirit of God which, should, which they that believe should receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet come. Alright, I entered into secondary school in towards the middle late 70s and finished the early 80s during that period i was i normally i lived in Ibadan, but we we got admission into a secondary school away from Ibadan, and um, so myself and my two other brothers 
um, we were in higher classes, they changed their school, moved their school from Ibadan and we were all in, in the same school. Now this particular school was closer, just about 30 minutes drive to my hometown, it was a village then it's a town now. Alright, but that was the first time because I'd always been a city boy, that was my first time of being a, uh, exposed to rural living, rural lifestyle. And um, so during midterms, we'll, it's because midterm is usually just about three days or four days, so we will, instead of traveling all the way back to Ibadan, we'll just go to the village and we'll stay there for the three, four days. And um, so we'll see village life and um, once in a while we had some extended family members, cousins, I, I'll decide to go to the farm with them, even though I was of not much use in the farm, <laughs> I was more of a liability there, but I would go there because I wanted to see what they did and all of that. And then I'll go around the, t- the small town or village and I'll see how they operated. One thing that struck me was that every compound, every compound had a well. The compound had a well they dug the well nice water most of the time they even drank the water some after a while will sterilize it of course then and so so that was that but then i also noticed that there was a big sizable river that flowed through a number of towns in that area including the the my village of my small town and then i will notice that especially on weekends people that had wells in their houses or what they all come out doesn't matter people will come out and wash clothes in the river bank little children will take their bath and another part of the river and in fact it was like for some people the meeting place of the of the whole community and um, after i got saved and i began to read this holy spirit reminded me of that and he said you would notice that when they dug the well the well was basically for the compound the well was basically for the family. The well, each family had their own well for their personal domestic use. But then the river, nobody could hold hold um, uh, copyright to the river as it were. Nobody could say this river is my river. The river served the entire public and the river served the community. And so what the Holy Spirit is saying by talking about, what Jesus is saying by talking about the Holy Spirit in form of well and in form of river is that he has a dual purpose. He has a personal working in your life which is typified by the well. And I'll deal with that in a short while. But he also has a working and a, a, a public working through your life. So there's an internal ministry of the Holy Spirit, an internal plan of God for the Holy Spirit to achieve certain things in your life personally. That is the well ministry. That is the well activity. That is the well operation of the Holy Spirit. But then there's also an external reason why the Holy Spirit is in your life. There's a there's an, a public working, a, a ministry or an effect beyond you but through you to people far and wide, to the community, to the public. And that is the river ministry. That is the river functioning of the Holy Spirit. A believer must live a balanced life. You must allow the Holy Spirit to fulfill his ministry and his function as a well in your life. You must also allow the Holy Spirit to fulfill his ministry and function as a river in your life. Amen. Right, so do we understand that now? So now, so that is so the the well, the well ministry, the personal ministry, the internal ministry of the Holy Spirit, that one is the spirit within. The external ministry, the public working, the river ministry of the Holy Spirit, that is the spirit upon the believer. 
So you got to understand both, and you got to marry both together and balance both together because that is what God is doing in these last days. That is what will make the church glorious, wonderful, powerful, shining when we have both well and river functioning well in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go a step further now that you understand that. There are nine fruits of the Spirit. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. The nine gifts of the Spirit are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 to 10. They are listed, the nine gifts of the Spirit. The nine fruits of the Spirit are found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Now, the Spirit within produces the fruit of the Spirit in your life. The Spirit upon produces the the, the uh, gifts of the Spirit in your life. Let me go by it again. The Spirit within, which is the well-functioning of the Holy Spirit in your life, produces the fruit of the Spirit in the life of a believer. The Spirit upon produces the river or the public ministry or the gifts of the spirit in the life of the believer i want to break this down and unpack it because the lord is speaking to me that these are the days in which balanced christianity must manifest balanced christianity is what is exciting we must balance this out in a believer's life if your life is too over strong in the fruit of the spirit and there's no power the devil will come in he will defeat you you don't know your authority you don't know the gifts you don't know things are coming ahead i said hey, of course the believer will end up going to heaven thank god for that but shining and manifesting the jesus kind of power on earth will be lacking if you just function in the gifts of the spirit power, power everything you may not even live too long because that that deficiency of the fruit of the spirit in your life means that parts of the armor of god that's opening and you are weak and there are chinks and there are your chains and etc are weak and before you know it the devil strikes that kind of believer so god wants the perfect believer is the believer that has the perfect blend of the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit remember something i want to show you a scripture here which is a type and a shadow see the old testament the new testament they are the same just the same bible the same god the mind of god the old testament is the new testament concealed the new testament is the old testament revealed so they are all intertwined so go to exodus chapter 28 look at something in exodus chapter 12 what kind of believers is god raising today what kind of believer should you be a believer that has the perfect blend of the spirit within and the spirit upon what kind of believer is god raising today what kind of what is the will of god for your life that you may pursue a perfect blend of the internal working of the holy spirit and the external working of the holy spirit a life that has serious fruit of the spirit and functioning and serious gifts of the spirit why should we say if either or no god is saying it is god is saying it is both and all right exodus 28 now before i read exodus 28 remember this god is talking about priests here in the new testament you and i were royal priesthood he has made us kings and priests unto our god jesus has made us kings and priests unto our god the day it is wrong to be calling 
preachers who stand on the pulpit, those are the only ones we call priests. No, every believer is a priest. The priesthood of the believer is one of the hallmarks of Christianity. One of the hallmarks of this better covenant based on better promises is that in the Old Testament, only one tribe, the Levites, could become priests. In the New Testament, once you give your life to Christ, it does not matter whether you are a Levite, whether you are a Benjamite, whether you are from Judah, whether you are from Ibadan, whether you are from Ekitiland, whether you are from Nupe, whether you are Calabari, whether you are Igbo, whether you are German, whether once you are a part of the human race and you have given your life to Christ, God turns you into a priest immediately. So remember that. Okay, but look at what it says about priests here. So this will pertain to us in the spiritual sense. Exodus 28, verses 33 and 34. The word of God says, and beneath, God is talking about the, the garment of the priests. Amen. What we wear in the spirit realm. And it says that the garment of the priest, underneath it, beneath upon the hem of this garment, you shall make pomegranates. Pomegranates is a fruit. Always remember that pomegranate is a fruit. Pomegranates of blue and of purple and of scarlet. Round about the hem of the garment of the priest. And not only that, you shall also put bells, bells, bells of gold beneath them round about. So what order should they be attached? Verse 34. A gold bell and a pomegranate. A gold bell and a pomegranate upon the helm of the robe round about. So God is saying the priests will wear robes. But under the robe, God gave them in the Old Testament, they should put, they should stitch a, a fruit and a bell. A fruit and a bell. Now, bells make a lot of noise. Bells are attractive. They jingle, they jangle, they are very, you know, they are resting. Bells stand for gifts of the spirit. They are arresting. If somebody gives a word of knowledge, give somebody's telephone number, give somebody's address, hey! It's a, those are bells for Christianity. But the bells are not to stay alone. He said the bells must stay with the fruits. In, in fact, he said each bell must be cushioned with the fruit. Bell must be cushioned with the fruit. Now think about it this way. When the priests move around, if it had only been bells around, it's like um, empty vessel makes the most noise just jangling noise like a 90s sound clanging cymbal because it's just bells but by the time you put the fruit the fruit cushion the sound of the bell so now the bell is as the bell is jingling when the priest is functioning and moving around and the bell is jingling it's now giving a melodious sweet soft soothing sound instead of jangling irritating sound and that is exactly the way your life should be. You see people that just speak in tongues, no, no gift of the spirit in their life. It's just after a while, it's irritating. Sinners don't even want to get near them. They don't want to get saved. Praise God. But by the time you put the fruit in your life, with all your speaking in tongues, with all your prophecy and vision, with all your healing the sick and people laying hands on these arms, falling under the power, and, it, and we have the fruit of the spirit, unbelievers will not, they, in fact, they will be running to get saved. They will be asking us, how do we get saved? Because the sound we are making is sweet, it's sensational, it's sonorous, it's peaceful, it's so, I don't know what word to use again, it's melodious to the hearing of the sinners even. And that is why we need to add fruit to all these our tongues. We need to add fruit to all these our healings. We need to add fruit to all these our following the power. We need to add fruit to all these our I don't know what else we say we have anointing. 
right, and right. casting out their deliverance. Oh, God, God, God. We need to have fruit because all our deliverances are not impressing sinners anymore. That's why sinners keep on talking and criticizing the church and abusing church and saying everything. Why? Because where are the pomegranates that will cushion the bells? So that's why I want to talk a little bit about this pomegranate a bit. I want to talk about the working of the Holy Spirit as well inside of you. So that you can prove what kind of sound have you been producing? What kind of your bell? I know you have bells. Every time we speak in talk, that's bell. What, what kind of effect? What are the unbelievers hearing? Like somebody said, what, what, you, what you are speaks louder than that we cannot hear what you say. What you are speaks so loud we cannot hear what you say. So when you go to an unbeliever and say, I want you to come to my church, I want you to give your life to Christ, I want, but what you are, your lifestyle, your behavior, your character is speaking louder than your preaching. What are the unbelievers hearing? That is where we need to allow you to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, this nine fruit of the Spirit, let it manifest in my life. I don't want to just be a clanging symbol, a jangling symbol. I don't want to be an irritation to humanity. I want to, I want to produce melodious sound from heaven through my life. When I move around, I want them to hear music, melody, harmony from heaven because the power and the gifts in my life are cushioned with commensurate fruit in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Right. When I saw this revelation, even as an early young Christian, I made up my mind that I will not live a life just speaking in tongues or say I have power, I have this. I... No, I will live a life in which it will be obvious that there is a well inside of me. And that well, like the song in the Old Testament, spring up all well within my soul. I will allow that well to spring forth into everlasting life. What are the things this well should be springing forth? What are the things Amen. this well should be producing? What are the fruit that causes the, the bells to sound beautiful, your life producing sweet, melodious harmony. There are nine of them. So let's go back to Galatians, everybody, and look at the nine today. We're going to be looking at it. And as I look at as we look at this, please, I want you to write them down. When I make comments about each of these nine fruit of the spirit, I want you to turn them into a prayer point in your life, at least all throughout this month. And tell the Lord, Lord, Holy Spirit, I invite you, let this operate in my life. Let people see this in my life. Let people see this in my life. When they start seeing it in your life, you, you yourself, they will gravitate towards you. A lot of things around you will even change. They will tell, they will look at you and say, wow, you remind us of Jesus Christ. Unbelievers know Jesus when they see Jesus in your character. That's why they keep on saying, was Jesus like that? Was Jesus like this? Was Jesus like that? And don't just push them away and say, they're unbelievers. Sometimes unbelievers even know more truth than backsliding believers. Go and ask Jonah. When Jonah had been, become um, backsliding and he would not obey the word of God, running away from God, and then there was tempest in the sea, and then he decided, because he knew it was the cause of it, he decided to just sleep in one corner. They beat him up and said, come on, everybody, call on the God that you serve. And then, after a while, they looked at him, and they said, hey, who are you guy? Then he said, well, I'm the reason why, why we are like this. And the unbelievers, the unbelievers were the one now telling him, you need to repent. They smacked him. So the unbelievers were more sensitive to God than the Jonah himself. So sometimes unbelievers, what they are saying, don't push it away. They can see, especially, they may not understand all these our tongues and whatever, but when it comes to the issue of fruit of the Spirit, unbelievers can see it well. Can see it well. All right. So let us go a bit further. 
into the word of God. Galatians chapter 5. And quickly look at verse 22. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Amen. Just hold on a bit. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Right. Sorry, we had a little bit of um, each there. Galatians 5 and verse 22. We just need to switch over to the new source of internet. All right. The word of God says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the well ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life, what he wants to produce in you personally so that you can be an effective testimony to the world. What is it? Number one, love. Number two, joy. Number three, peace. Number four, long-suffering. Number five, gentleness. Number six, goodness. Number seven, faith or faithfulness. Number eight, meekness. And number nine, temperance. What are these things? If these nine things are operating in your life, they allow all the power and the gifts in your life to be well blended and you you are producing a lovely melody whenever you move and when you operate. So the first is love. What is love? Agape. The nature of God. The Bible says that God is love. 1 John 4, 8. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God, knoweth God. He or she that no, uh, love it not, know it not God for God is love, what is love the nature of God, what is love this is agape, unconditional love of God how does it manifest selflessness, love is seen in selflessness when sinners see you as a selfish human being even if they are your, um, if they are your friends, if they are your, maybe your spouse, I tell people if your own partner is saved and the other is not saved what will get that person saved your own saved partner, he's not really preaching, preaching, preaching every time or every time you put on uh, preaching and put it loud, disturbing everybody in the house, no your love will break down all the defenses of the enemy Amen. because unbelievers realize the nature of God when they see you working in love and that love is spelled selflessness that love is known as others first putting others first when you function like that guess what whatever you do when you pray it is melodious in the ears of the unbeliever when you say we are doing this for god it's melodious because they can see love you are selfless you put others first it's the nature of god let's think about jesus christ he put the whole of human race first he came down from heaven he was just the living word he had no physical human fleshly body but he decided to take on the human fleshly body because people with human fleshly body have sinned and he came down and became like us and then he died he took our sins and he died and he was he, he suffered and was punished for three days and three nights just for us not for himself it was okay in heaven but that selflessness was what brought him here and he now says if you are now my child i want to see that working in you become a junior jesus to somebody that doesn't mean you kill yourself physically but it means that if there's only one more seat in a bus 
and two of you rush there, but because you are a believer, you say, okay, after you, if there's space, I'll enter, if there's two space, you just go on. And when another one comes, I'll pick it up. That's, that, those little kind of things, those are the bells. Those are the fruits that cushion the bells in your life. Love, agape love. Are you, do people see you walking in love, in selflessness, or you're very selfish? You say, no, no, everybody, everybody for himself, go for us all. I am not even more, I'm not foolish. Of course, but the things of God are foolishness to the carnal senses. Number two, joy. Joy is the second fruit that you need to put in your life. Joy is the second thing the Holy Spirit will, so the Holy Spirit will help you to start functioning in love. If you invite him and say, Holy Spirit, help me to develop the love, my love work, he will do it. Love forgives. Love also gives. Love is a giver. Love is not tight-fisted. Love is not stingy. Love gives. The agape love of God gives. Right. Then the second is joy. Joy means gladness, not sadness. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Gladness, because you serve God. Not moodiness. Not that depressed. Oh, there's a virus, there's this, there's that. No, no, no. There's a joy. There's a well of joy inside of us. This is happy, supernatural happiness and supernatural pleasure. Not just natural happiness based on happenings, but supernatural joy and gladness because there's a well there permanent. Even when things are not going well around you, you can rejoice still in the Lord. That you need to develop that. You need when, when you are depressed, discouraged, moody, sad all the time. People want to go away from you. People don't want to be near you. People want to just have excuse not to talk to you or relate with you. When you call, they don't want to pick your phone. But when you are full of joy all the time, people want to hear from you. When they are discouraged, you are the one that they want to call. And then you are shining for Jesus. That is what the Holy Ghost wants to achieve in your life, my brother and my sister. Joy. So if you are depressed and discouraged, I break the hold of darkness yeah. and that spirit of heaviness over your life. I release joy for you in Jesus' mighty name. Yeah. Amen. Peace is the third one. Peace means rest. Peace means inner calmness. Internally. Are you calm? Some people are quiet externally, but inside there's a raging storm going on. But listen, brothers and sisters. There is an inner calmness the Holy Spirit wants you to walk in and live in. Amen. Tranquility. Even when trouble surrounds you. But internally you are at peace. Because Jesus, the Prince of Peace, reigns inside of you. Jehovah Shalom is reigning inside of you. Do you have that kind do you, do you live like that? Do you have that kind of experience? Or any little thing, you, you, are, you are agitated, you are fretful, you are stressed up. Even when things are too quiet and calm around you, you create trouble. Because you feel it's not normal. Your normal is trouble. Your normal is tension. That is not the life of a child of God. That's a sign that you are not allowing, yielding to the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Now somebody told me long ago, he said, ah, don't allow your house to be peaceful too much. He said, women don't like peaceful homes. In fact, if it's too peaceful, create some trouble. I just said, I reject that in Jesus' name. The Prince of Peace is Lord over my home. I invite peace. I carry peace. The Holy Ghost is working peace in me. In Jesus' mighty name. God is not the author of confusion and crisis. So, remember that. Are you peaceful? Is there rest inside of you? Invite him. He will walk so that... Some of some people are always... Naturally, they are warriors. They have PhD in warriorology. That is a sign that you have... Zero, 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 zero in Holy Spiritology. 
when the Holy Spirit is in your life, you worry less and less and less and yeah. until people even start saying, don't you ever worry? Because your Holy Spirit is working. I made up my life early on, I will be that kind of believer. Yes. Amen. And I walk in it to a measure. And I'm always pressing for more. In Jesus' name. Amen. Next, number four. Long suffering. Long suffering. What is long suffering? Long suffering means forbearing with people. It means being patient with people. We are not like unbelievers. Unbelievers are the ones that I can't stand this person. I cannot be this. I cannot be that. I, I met one, one, one child of God who said, you know, even as an, before I got married, I knew I could marry any, once the person is a Christian, I can marry anybody and live with anybody. And I said, how? I said, because I have the fruit of the Spirit called long suffering. What's the worst that can come? That this fruit of the Spirit cannot, cannot overcome. I was a single person then. I said, wow, really? That's amazing. Of course, we should pray and find out who we are to marry. But especially when God has gone led you to who to marry. So why do you always, why does divorce come to your mind? Why do you always have divorce? That's a statement that should not come out of your mouth because the Holy Spirit wants to work. All right, look at this. Forbearing with people, being patient with people. Long suffering means not giving up on weak people, especially weak people. I have one or two or three people that walk around us and sometimes they are forgetful. Sometimes I tell them, do this, you don't do that. But the Lord tells me, you have long suffering. I'm also training, using them to train you to grow more in long suffering. Don't give up on weak, especially because there are certain things, why should I forget it? If I notice I can forget, I'll write it down. So man, the Lord told me that, yeah, look here, maybe you've matured to a point, but there are weaker people, even in some of my children are weaker people. So that means I shouldn't have an heaven for them. All of you, I'll take you all together to heaven. So long as you have not abandoned me and you are living an upright life. So, you are, are you able, but there are some of us that, especially if we have some gifts or some strengths or some things God has helped us to develop. Well, look at some other people and wonder, why are you like this? Why are you late? Why are you not? Why, why, why can't you talk up? Why can't you speak up? Why do you speak too much? Why do you forget? Why do you... And the Lord says, I need you to give a sound that is melodious. Belong suffering. Amen. Next, gentleness. I'm, I'm working with time here. Gentleness. So you pray. You're asking to talk to the Holy Spirit. Please produce this in my life. Help me to walk in gentleness. Every Christian should be gentle-mannered. What does gentleness mean? To be mild-mannered. Mild-mannered. That is Christianity. Not rash-mannered. Harsh-mannered. Crude-mannered. Cruel-mannered. Mild-mannered like Jesus. Tender, kind. Maybe this is convicting you as I'm preaching, but listen, this is not just to condemn you. This is to challenge you and spur you more to say, Holy Spirit, I, I need this. I need your help. I am not. You some of us think that we are already there. No, I'm not there. I'm not tamed. It's not as if I've already arrived. But I'm Holy Spirit. I'm pressing on with you in this area. Help me to be gentle. Help me to have a manner. And a style. Some of us, some, some of our personal lifestyle, our, our style of correcting people, our style of, of saying things is not mild at all. Holy Spirit say, I don't want that. I am in your life to change that and to correct that. Mild mannered, be tender, be kind. Don't say they will take me for a fool. When you're walking in this, will they take can they take Jesus for a fool? Can they take God Almighty for a fool? And when you're walking in, obeying him, do you think anybody can turn him into a fool? He will stand for you where you need to be stood for. Yeah. Just believe more in God than in your flesh and yourself. Yeah. And next, goodness. 
goodness what does that mean virtue moral virtue moral uprightness don't be an evil person some people are always praying vengeance prayer vengeance vengeance that is lack of goodness in your life kill this kill my enemy kill this one kill that, one. that is lack of goodness that's not a good thing that is not goodness in your life goodness means you have virtue you are a morally upright person you have excellent morals goodness ask god that i don't i want to be a good person i want to be known as a good person from time to time i see ladies say i just want to marry a good man i want to marry a good man that means there's does that mean there is a scarcity of christians does that mean true christians are not available anymore Ladies should not be talking so much about the single ladies and say, I'm looking for a good man. Look at you know, once you are a Christian, develop goodness. With the should just say, I'm just looking for a born again Christian. I'm looking for a member of Grace Family Church. Amen. Yes. Goodness. Yes. And next, faith. That word faith actually means to stay with God, whether to do thick and thin. Your faith. Our the highest test of our faith is when things are not going well. The highest sign that you have faith is when things are not going well for you, but you don't deny your God. You keep on staying with this God, serving Him nonetheless. Faith. So that's why a, a better rendition of that word faith is faithfulness. That means reliableness. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a character of Christ. Holy Spirit wants to defend. Are you reliable? Are you trustworthy? Are you loyal? Loyalty is another meaning of that word, faithfulness. Are you loyal? Sometimes when we teach loyalty, sometimes I see myself, I teach loyalty the Lord, especially to leaders, and I see them squirming. Why are you squirming? You should just love it because it is one of the signs of faithfulness. This, the fruit of the Spirit called faithfulness in your life breeds loyalty. Allegiance to God. Allegiance to the vision of your church, allegiance to your man and woman of God, allegiance to the cause of Christ, faithfulness. It's a fruit of the Spirit. People jumping from church to church. But yet, I look at some of the previous generations. They've been in the same church for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. And these churches, people don't even get healed there. People don't even, but, but they just know that they preach the Bible and they are faithful and they stay there. How much more you that say you speak in tongues, brother, sister? How much more do you that you say you have healing, you have Holy Ghost, you see vision? You cannot even stay committed for two years. Faithfulness. Tell the Lord to help you to develop that fruit of the Spirit. Meekness, number eight. We're getting towards the end now. Meekness, that means to be humble. God wants you to be a humble human being. Meek, not proud, not arrogant, not bragging and braggadocious, not boasting all over the place. Those are not the nature of Christ. Holy Ghost wants to develop meekness in you. Look at Moses. The reason why God could use it with all those signs and wonders was because God said he was the meekest man in his generation. God uses meek people, not arrogant braggarts. Finally, temperance. Close with this. This is the well. This is the inner working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is the personal work He wants to do in your life. Charity begins at home. Let Him start with you first before you start taking, exporting it to other people. Temperance. What is temperance? It just means self-control. Christianity without self-control is not Christianity. Abstinence from sin and worldliness. That is temperance. You abstain from alcohol. You abstain from sexual immorality. You abstain from sex if you are not married. You abstain from having sex with somebody you are not married to if you are married. 
You abstain from watching pornography and nude, nude films. You abstain from listening to music that glorifies sexual immorality, violence, calling women B-I-T-C-H and all those kind of things. You abstain from such worldly, sinful, vile music. What is temperance? Restraint in speech. You don't use four-letter words and because you say, I want to be Americanized, I want to be sophisticated, I want them to see that I'm happening and I'm also You restrain. That's temperance. Holy Spirit wants to work that in your life. Yeah. Self-control, restraint in speech and in action. Somebody yeah. said that I'm like that or everybody in our family is like that or you talk small like that. Like we slap you before we even know our hand has slapped you. That is what we are redeemed from. That is what the Holy Ghost wants to take away from our yeah. lives. Yeah. Spontaneous violence. Restraint in speech and action. Moderation. Temperance means moderation. Let your moderation be known to all men. That's all right for ladies to wear makeup and etc. But some makeup is excessive. Moderation. Let your moderation be known to all men. It's good for you to dress nice and whatever, but some dressing that is trendy is just plainly immoral. Let's call it spade a spade. Temperance. Ability to control your appetites and your passions. God wants to, to give you that. Holy Ghost wants to operate that in you. Listen, fruit of the Spirit is the true sign of maturity. Fruit of the Spirit is the only sign, primary sign, that shows that you are a grown believer. When you achieve all this, people are now seeing Jesus in your life. Holy Spirit will assist you to achieve this in Jesus' name. Lift up your hands and let's welcome the Holy Spirit, wherever you are. Say after me, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Help me like the well of water in my personal life to produce these nine behaviors, these nine characteristics, these nine attitudes of Christ's likeness. I want to be like Christ. I want to be a person that produces music that is melodious to the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. Give him glory. Oh my goodness. Tremendous. Tremendous.